Welcome to our ancient future story, Navigating Scripture Through the Eyes of Family, where I share with you biblical stories as a family member we share a story around the dinner table. As children of God, we are part of God's family, and His family story has a lot of history. Each week, we will take one story and talk about it, the cultural, historical, geographical, and sociological impacts. We will be looking at these stories from the perspective of our ancestors through the lens of ancient times in hopes of learning more about our family. This is our ancient future story. Welcome back to our ancient future story. I'm Vic, and I am so excited to share with you a new story today. When we left off last time, God had just established his covenant with Abram. Remember, a covenant is a legally binding contract between two parties. It was very sacred, because if the contract was broken, the one who broke the contract would be put to death. But then our story ended very abruptly. And we get this side story of Abram and Hagar before the covenant story continues in chapter 17. Today we are talking about the story of Hagar, Sarai's Egyptian servant, and how the story impacts the covenant God had just made with Abram. So grab a cup of coffee or something to drink, find a comfortable place to sit as we get ready to hear the story of Abram and Hagar. Our story today opens with Sarai. She still has had no children, but one day she gets this brilliant idea of how she and Abram can have children. She would give her servant Hagar to her husband Abram so that through her servant they could finally have a child. Abram and Hagar marry and they do indeed conceive a child. Hagar, realizing what this means, begins to mistreat Sarai, acting like, I am the mother of the firstborn son, therefore I have greater value than you. Sarai, obviously hurt by this, complains to Abram about how Hagar is mistreating her. But Abram is seemingly indifferent. He responds by saying, she's your servant, do whatever you want to. So Sarai starts to harshly mistreat Hagar. We don't know if this was verbal or physical abuse or both, but whatever Sarai was doing forced Hagar to flee the camp. So here is Hagar, pregnant, running from her master in the middle of the wilderness. Then the angel of the Lord found her by a spring on the way to Shur. Historical fun fact. The wilderness of Shur is in the northwestern part of the Sinai Peninsula backing up to Egypt's border. But more on the significance of that location later in the episode. The angel asks Hagar, where are you coming from and where are you going? Hagar replies, I am fleeing my mistress Sarai. But the angel encourages her to go back to Sarai saying, return to your mistress and submit to her. I will surely multiply your offspring and your descendants will be very great. 
Behold, you are pregnant with a son, whom you shall call Ishmael, because the Lord has seen you in your affliction. He will be an outsider. Everyone will be against him, even his own kinsmen. So Hagar named the well between Kadesh and Berid, Bir Lahi Roy, which means the well of the living one who sees me. Then Hagar went back to her mistress Sarai, and she bore a son to Abram, who is now 86 years old. And on that day, Abram named his son Ishmael. And that brings us to the end of our story. We find out next time how this story affects the next part of God's covenant with Abram. All right, so let's dig into our story a little bit. The first thing we need to do to get the full picture of this passage is to understand who Hagar is and how she plays a part in our story. In order to do this, we must go back to the story when Abram and Sarai were in Egypt, in Genesis chapter 12. After they had followed the Lord and settled in the land, God had promised to show them there was a famine in this land, in the Negev where they were living. So Abram packed up his family, and they moved temporarily to Egypt. Now, you may be wondering why he decided to move to Egypt. This was a very practical move. Abram took his family to Egypt because Egypt was the breadwinner of the known world. Everyone went to Egypt because Egypt had the Nile River. Therefore, they almost always had a decent food supply. So when the famine would hit other countries of the known world, those people would flee to Egypt to survive. Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, was the most powerful man in the world at this point in history. Think about the power of the modern-day United States president. This man could do literally anything he wanted. Whatever he said became law. Historical fun fact. Depending on how you date the Old Testament, this pharaoh could have been Intif II, to Egypt, 2108 to 2059 BC, or Amenhat II, who ruled Egypt from 1919 to 1985 BC. In any case, Pharaoh could get whatever and whoever he wanted at any time. All he had to do was say the word and his servants would let nothing and no one stand in their way. They were ordered to kill if necessary. This applied to women also, since they were considered property at this time. Knowing this culture, Abram was afraid because he knew that Sarai was beautiful. So he came up with this plan. He told Sarai, say you are my sister, so he does not kill me. Sarah did as Abram had said, and Abram received gifts of sheep, oxen, donkeys, camels, male and female servants in exchange for his wife, Sarai. Sarai was then taken away to the palace, presumably to Pharaoh's chambers to consummate and welcome Pharaoh's new bride. But Yahweh 
afflicted Pharaoh's house with plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Now, to an ancient Egyptian, any natural disaster would be problematic, economically and spiritually. For Egypt, a famine or natural disaster would have been economically disastrous because they had the Nile. They were the breadwinner of the known world. Everyone was coming to them for food and survival. But it would have been especially spiritually problematic when plagues entered their country. An ancient Egyptian at this time would have seen plagues and immediately thought, what have I done to offend the gods? Thought back through everything they had done, and if they found something that could have possibly angered the gods, they would try everything they could to fix it. Because there was nothing worse than having the gods angry with you. Remember, the gods and goddesses had a hand in every part of this culture. The pharaoh's connection to the gods affected the entire country, so his actions mattered the most. In ancient Egypt, it was believed that pharaoh was the reincarnate of the supreme god, Re. And so, if pharaoh did something to anger the gods, it would be an insult to all of Egypt. So pharaoh, thinking through all he had done, and seeing what could have possibly angered the gods. And he realizes it was Sarai. So he approaches Abram to ask, What is this you have done to me? Why did you not tell me that she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister, so that I could take her from my wife? Then Pharaoh sent Abram and Sarai away with all of their possessions, and they moved back to their home in the Negev. Abram and Sarai left Egypt with many possessions. Pharaoh had given Abram sheep, oxen, donkeys, camels, male and female servants in exchange for his wife Sarai. And one of those female servants was Hagar. So now that we know where Hagar came from, let's go back to our story. It had now been about 10 years since God had first came to Abram and said, Follow me to the land that I will show you. And they followed and they settled in the land of Canaan. Sarai is still barren, and she is a little frustrated. It has been ten years since God promised them descendants, and yet they have not had one child. So Sarai decides to take matters into her own hands. She encourages Abram to take Hagar, her Egyptian servant, as his wife, so that they can have children through her. Sarai was so desperate for a child that she not only let Abram sleep with her servant, but it was her idea. This concept, though, is not new, and it really wasn't new in the ancient Near East. In Egypt, Pharaoh would often have multiple wives and concubines to ensure a blood heir to the throne. A son born to the first wife would be first in line and the preferred way of passing down the lineage. But if the first wife was unable to bear a son, then the right to the throne would pass to the next wife and their son. We see this concept in our world today, not so much with polygamy, 
but with the royal lineage of who has claimed to the crown. Also, I think it's important to note that Abram agrees to this arrangement. And Sarai said to Abram, Behold, now the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go into my servant. It may be that I shall obtain children by her. And Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Abram could have said no. But instead, for a single moment, just one moment, he believed Sarai's words over God's. And this one decision would change the world forever. Abram sleeps with Hagar, and she becomes pregnant. Hagar now knows that she has the leg up on Sarai, because she was able to conceive when Sarah could not. So she is walking around with pride in herself and contempt for Sarai. Sarai, on the other hand, is jealous and angry, thinking to herself, how could she have a son and not me, even though the whole thing was her idea? Sarai comes to Abram and complains about how Hagar is treating her. Now, Abram is between a rock and a hard place. On one hand, Hagar is carrying his long-awaited son. But, on the other hand, Sarai is his wife, and she's upset and being mistreated. So, what does Abram do? He stays out of it. He tells Sarai, do with Hagar whatever you wish. So, Sarai takes the opportunity to mistreat Hagar, so much so that Hagar runs away from her. Hagar stops near a well, or an oasis, between Kadesh and Berain, on the way to Shur. The wilderness of Shur is in the northernmost part of the Sinai Peninsula, on the way back to Egypt. It's interesting to think that in fleeing from Sarai, Hagar thought to go home to Egypt. But she came across a well between Kadesh and Bered. Now, this place is highly debated since there is a city of Kadesh in the Transjordan on the outskirts of Edom, as well as the Kadesh Bered, a location in the northeastern part of the Sinai Peninsula. So it's likely that Kadesh Bered is the combination of Kadesh and Bered. Either way, this place is significant in Israel's history. Kadesh Barai in Hebrew literally means the holy place in the desert of wandering. This is the place where Israel most often camped while wandering in the desert. It is also the place where Moses sent out his twelve spies to scout out the promised land. It is here in this holy place that the angel of the Lord speaks to Hagar. He asks her what she is doing and where she is going. These are such basic questions to ask someone in obvious distress. But she answers, running from my mistress Sarai. And the angel of the Lord tells her to go back. Hagar had to be thinking, go back. Don't you know how badly I was being treated there? But the angel of the Lord gives her the same promise God gave Abram about his son. The angel of the Lord said to her, I will surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. 
And the angel of the Lord said to her, Behold, you are pregnant and shall bear a son. You shall call the, his name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey of a man, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him. And he shall dwell over against all his kinsmen. Hagar believed the angel, and she named that place where he had met her, Bir Lahi Roy, which means the well of the living one who sees me. Then she got up and went back to Sarai. Hagar gave birth to a son, and Abram named him Ishmael, just as the angel had said. Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. It would be 13 years until God would speak to Abram again. But when God does speak to Abram, he comes with the same message that Sarai and Abram will have a son, and their descendants will be many. But this time, Abram laughs and begs God, O God, O that Ishmael shall live before you. But God said, No, Sarah, your wife, shall bear you a son, and you shall call his name Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his offspring after him. As for Ishmael, I have heard you. Behold, I have blessed him, and I will make him fruitful and multiply him greatly. He shall father twelve princes, and I will make him into a great nation. And God did bless Ishmael, and he grew up to be a mighty nation. He had twelve sons, known as the Ishmaelites, and together they became the Arab people group who began the religion of Islam. As for Isaac... He also became a great nation. His son Jacob, or later named Israel, also had 12 sons, known as the Israelites, our ancestors, who became the founders of Judaism. These two great nations lived at war with one another in Canaan. And even to this day, in 2021, thousands of years later, these two nations are still at odds with one another. Abram's one decision to listen to Sarai and jump the gun with God changed the world forever. But God still has a redemptive story to tell. So come back next time as we dive into the second half of God's covenant with Abram. But before we go, I want to close our time together by reading the scripture from which our story comes from in Genesis 16. I hope that as you listen to this chapter being read, that you will embrace all that we have learned together and that this passage will be illuminated for you. Let's read. Now, Sarai, Abram's wife, had borne him no children. But she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. Perhaps I can build a family through her. Abram agreed to what Sarai said. So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar and she conceived. 
When she knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. Then Sarai said to Abram, You are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now she knows she is pregnant? She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. Your slave is in your hands, Abram said. Do with her whatever you think is best. Then Sarai mistreated Hagar, so she fled from her. The angel of the Lord found Hagar near a spring in the desert. It was the spring that is beside the road to Shur. And he said, Hagar, slave of Sarai, where have you come from, and where are you going? I am running away from my mistress Sarai, she answered. Then the angel of the Lord told her, Go back to your mistress and submit to her. The angel added, I will increase your descendants so much that they will be too numerous to count. The angel of the Lord also said to her, You are now pregnant, and you will give birth to a son. You shall name him Ishmael, for the Lord has heard of your misery. He will be a wild donkey of a man. His hand will be against everyone, and everyone's hand against him. And he will live in hostility toward all his brothers. So she gave this name to the Lord, who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. That is why the well was called Bir Lahi Roy. It is still there between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram gave him the name Ishmael to the son she had born. Abram was 86 years old when Hagar bore him Ishmael. Thank you for listening to today's episode of our Ancient Future Story. I hope that you really enjoyed it. This episode was written and produced by Vic Harmon, executive produced by Amanda Gillum. Music is Embarking on an Adventure by Evan McDonald. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Our Ancient Future Story. See you next time.